Don Coffey bring you Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, and Mortimer Snur, and Charlie's special guest, Orson Welles. Wake up, America, and stomp the experts. Bean Manischewitz Company, world's largest matzo baker, happily presents Yiddish Melodies in Swing. And now, dancing in on a December downbeat, your favorite old Yiddish folk song, Thistle, in the modern metal manner of Yiddish Swing. Well, hello, dear listener, and welcome to our show of shows, a podcast about old-time radio. I'm Dan Howland, and, and I'm joined, joined by my buddy, Tom Niggins. There you go. Hi, I'm Tom. Sorry. Stepping all over your lines. How you doing? That's nah, okay. Um, every episode, we choose some aspect of old-time radio. One of us does a little research, and then we tell the other about it. And for this episode, Tom has been looking into the subject of... Yiddish radio. Yeah. And it's kind of weird because uh, when you do a lot of collecting of old-time radio shows, you start with your favorites. You know, if you're like me, you go for the science fiction, and you go for the serials, and you get then you're like, oh, my God, the detective stuff is amazing, and you start collecting that. And then you start bumping into stuff. And over the years, it's gotten mm-hmm. easier to bump into stuff. Back when it was right. just tape collectors hoarding their precious few, you didn't find these kind of outlier shows. Right, But since the archive.org has been collecting everything that you throw with it, every once in a while, you'll find these gems. Dan likes right. to call them gems from the archives. Gems from the archive. So we were doing some research years ago. This is when the podcast first started. And I came across um, a Yiddish swing. Yiddish swing, melody, and swing. So it was like a yes. Yiddish, Yiddish melodies music. and swing. That's the one. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So it, is, it was a Yiddish musical show. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I'm from New York. I've had, you know, I've had contact with this culture. I love the food. I love the people. Um, what else was there? Because there must have been something mm-hmm. in New York. New York is known for Yiddish theater down in the, uh, down in the, the theater, uh, below the theater district. There was right. a whole Yiddish theater that was its own thing. Um, so I started poking around. And lo and behold, there was a website. Uh, called the Yiddish Radio Project, yep. and it has bits and pieces of shows that they have been finding over the decades. And mm-hmm. what turns out to be the last remaining fragments of a vast social collective consciousness that was on the radio from the 20s all the way up to like the 50s. Mm-hmm. And we just, you, if you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't find it. Yeah. And it was and, pretty much... Would you say it was pretty much its own, it was a network, like another network? It, well, it, this is interesting. Were... Yeah. It, well, you had like, you had a couple million Jewish immigrants in the right. East Coast mm-hmm. in, the, in the 1930s when radio was first coming up. And like with theater, they kind of etched out their own thing. They got little community FM broadcast stations and they, mm-hmm. they a lot of these stations never got above a couple blocks radius, maybe the city Right. Maybe they would link up with other ones, but every once in a while, one of the stations go big. Right. Um, and we'll talk about one of those soon. Yes. But okay. it was very much like they were running their own shows. They were running their mm-hmm. own advertisements. They were running 
a vast cultural array of radio shows, mm-hmm. kind of parallel to American radio shows. And then there was some bleed over between the two, which right. gets. Okay. Um, so um, one of the quotes I love when I was researching this was a radio historian, Henry, uh, and I'm going to totally mess your name up, uh, Henry Sapoznik, who says, on Yiddish radio, no one was bigger than life. Everyone was life. Hmm. Which, when you listen to some of these fragments, you're like, everything is just in your face. They didn't go for, like, space fantasies or whatever. No, mm-hmm. it's mama having to deal with their son becoming too American and not marrying a nice Yiddish girl. Kitchen table drama. Oh, my God, with uh, the schmaltz and the tears and the, oh, mama. It's just like uh, the Italians also get close to this. The Italians never had a big radio presence like right. that I know of. I mean, cr- please, people, write in. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I've not found any evidence of a large Italian radio community like mm-hmm. there was for Yiddish radio. Right. Um, but they got to the point where they were doing radio shows that were like American shows, the you drama, your song, your variety mm-hmm. shows. And then they were doing stuff that was more kind of not talk radio, but like real life, like like I guess they would call them what do they call the reality TV things now. Hmm. So there was one guy, Nathan Stuckoff. Um right. he I kind of dub him the Orson Welles of Yiddish radio. <laughs> this guy would write at one point he was writing eight shows a week. And in his spare time, he was writing Yiddish dictionaries and thesauruses and language books. Huh, okay. Keep the language alive. Right. Um, but his stuff were all dramas. They were the, the kitchen table dramas. Mm-hmm. Um, hours of it every week. Every issue that was coming up, he did a thing for. Um, Rabbi, what, was it, what were the shows? Uh, there was one actually that was called Around the Family Table. Okay. And that's the only one I found even a fr- and it's funny because some of these shows you hear mention of, you can't even find fragments for them. Oh, they probably weren't transcribed because it wasn't strictly speaking like a network thing. It just went out over. But what you find stations, is so so. there were people who were recording them for posterity mm. or to play later times. Right. And a lot of what the Yiddish radio project has found is stuff stuffed in attics and basements. Right. And, yeah. and they're piecing it they're piecing the tatters together. I mean, right. It's not I mean, like something where a, a station would save any of this stuff on tape because why would they? It just went out over the radio. Well, yeah. But even, even, right. even stuff like the Jack Benny show, mm-hmm. which was a transcribed show. Um, right. Even a lot of those discs are missing hmm. or you have one or two copies of them, but even shows that had, you know, by all rights should have been archived. Yeah. Weren't. Um, BBC is the classic uh, example of, you know, at one point in the 60s, they just yeah, decided wiping to- their tapes, yeah. Wiping their tapes to reuse so that a whole Doctor Who yeah. series is gone. Right. But not series, a sh- uh, story arc. It's just mm-hmm. gone. Um, the other one, I re- there's two other ones I really love that were just mm-hmm. kind of like the reality show stuff. Uh, Rabbi Samuel A. Rubin. Yeah. He did what I'm calling the People's Court. Oh, that's fun. It was just family disputes. He was the rabbi who would get on the radio and he would just solve family disputes. So did people, was it a call-in show? How did it no, work? No, people they, were there. People from what came I into the studio. Yes. People were there. It was actual people. You, it, from all accounts, it was. In our forum. The, the other one. The people's court. Yep. Yeah. 
The other one was um, a rabbi. I don't know if there's a rabbi, but Israel Lutsky. Mm-hmm. Um, he styled himself as the Jewish philosopher. Uh-huh. And he was a combination of ranter and cajoler mm-hmm. and, and, and sage wisdom giver. Huh. He would read letters from people. Right. Um, so the Yiddish Radio Project mm-hmm. partnered with NPR at one point. Right. to kind of get more money to reclaim some of the stuff they couldn't get, but they found snippets of stuff and people who had worked on the shows who remembered some stuff. They actually got, I think it was Carl Reiner to do the voiceover of a recreation of one of Lutsky's shows. Oh, okay. And um, we'll put the links in the doobly-doo for the, for the show notes about where to go find these. Um, the Yiddish yeah. radio project did like, I think it was like a seven part NPR series. Right. That documents way more than I'm going to get. What into. year was that that they did that on NPR? It was. The, I, was it the 90s? I it think? was the 90s. Yeah, it was okay. the late 90s, early 2000s. Right. Okay. And that was that's when the Yiddish Radio Project was in its heyday. Their right. website has had one update in the last 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> 2007, yeah. and they, it goes from 2007 to like 2018 without an update. Yeah, well, I kind of let this be your subject, and and I just barely tapped into any of this and looked at web pages and such. But yeah, the uh, Yiddish Radio Project not updated. Not, and and uh, again, yeah, and again, when I first looked into this several years ago, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot that you could do other than the NPR sources and a couple. I of, think I think the Yiddish Radio Project released a couple of CDs. That was that was the thing Music that changed CDs. everything. Yeah. yeah, they changed, and those wound up on Internet Archive by the Yiddish Radio Project. Right. right. So they, I think, realized that we're not paying for service space. Let's get it up on the archive because everyone else is. Right. And now it has become. I think there's two CDs worth of stuff, and then a bunch of other snippets that people have been finding because hey, I, I heard that on the radio. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Um, so one of the radio stations, you were talking about radio stations before. Right, right. One of the radio stations that was just blew my mind when I read about this. WEVD, mm-hmm. um, it was created- Tell, tell the in, people what that stands for. WEVD, which was created in 1927 by the right. Socialist Party <laughs> to honor right. the recently deceased Eugene Victor Debs. Yes. Yes, and, socialist uh, leader, let's say, sort of. Socialist and, uh, leader, community guy, and mm-hmm. recently you were telling me. Oh yeah, um, just recently Phil Proctor of the Fireside Theater uh, just played him in a radio play called uh, Debs in Canton, and I will when I find some links to it, I will put them up. But as I record this, it just got released like a day or two ago, and so it'll probably trickle out over various public radio stations and things. But if I can find a permanent link, I'll put it up. So it's uh, Debs and Canton. But anyway, the radio station, WEVD. So the station was taken over in 1932 Mm -hmm. by the leading Yiddish newspaper, The Forward. And The Forward, I don't want to say it had links to, but I think it has some tangential linkages back to like E. Julius Haldeman, who did the little blue books and stuff. Very progressive, very socially conscious. you know how they did what they did when they did it is just amazing. Um, right. Had this happened in the fifties, they would have been on the blacklist. Oh yeah, and, they would have been on well, yeah. not just the blacklist. They would have been called up before Congress. Yeah, yeah. Have you now or ever been? And they would have been like, yes, right, yes, yeah. 
So here's the fun part. The forward hour, they did an hour show every week, uh, was a variety show every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Wow. And, and um, while we don't have many recordings, there was a talent show. There was a news stuff. There was kind of community stuff and plays and news. But the thing that got the, one of the few remaining clips that I could find was the theme song opening. And when I heard this, my little jaw dropped and hit the floor. And here is what the opening of the forward sounded like. Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. WEVD, New York. Yeah. I could, I could, uh, because of audio problems, I could hear that, but I couldn't hear the the lyrics very clearly. So tell me, it, tell me. It about is, it, it is, uh, it, it's mostly Yiddish and French, I guess. It's a bad recording. It's a horrible recording, but you could hear mm -hmm. the musical. Oh yeah. I could hear the cues of the, the international and the mm -hmm. Marseilles and the whole yeah. thing. So they yeah. were definitely flying that flag. I was just wondering if they were singing that in Yiddish, which would have been delightful, but I think they were, it was, re it's really hard. Really to low hear. quality. Okay. Yeah. So, but it well, is. Do you know what the reach of that station was? Um, so was it, there, it was there, out of New York, right? It was out of New York, um, and it was. Um, it they most of these radio stations had to fight tooth and nail for frequency mm -hmm. and broadcast range because you know, even back then the FCC was kind of hammering down on stuff, mm -hmm. um, and of course you get complaints from the Father McLaughlin types who want right. to limit right. the socialist threat and blah blah mm -hmm. blah. So. Every one of these radio stations, including EVD, had problems with boundaries and, and how far they can go. Okay. EVD, though, I think went pretty far around New York City and probably into Jersey. Well, at, at night, you can pick up radio signals from far away. So I was just wondering if they got picked up, you know, further south and... And that is real. Well, uh, further, yeah. Well, would, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it would be reassuring if you were stuck down there. But yeah, if you were expatriated down to the south and you right. needed to hear a progressive voice, it would have been good. Um, but yeah, so that's WEVD. Um, the other thing that came out of uh, the whole Yiddish radio thing is what we alluded to at the beginning, which was Yiddish swing. And this is how I found the whole topic. This was the first bit I found. Yeah, yeah. This I really love because it plays back into a lot of the the 
30s through composed jazz that I love, the Raymond Scotts and the John Kirby's and, and that sort of thing, that small well, ensemble swing stuff that I love. Yep. And yeah. at that time, the musical forms were, you know, jazz was relatively new. Mm -hmm. Swing was relatively new. Mm -hmm. um, all these immigrants were coming over. A lot of swing, was, swing was brand new in the in the 30s. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it, it hadn't changed into what later evolved into big band, which I just drives me crazy. The big swing stuff like the Glenn Miller, I don't care for at all. It just, yeah, starts, that's to sound, it just starts to sound yeah. like just starts to sound like Las Vegas to me after a while. Yeah. But um, yeah, the, a lot the early stuff tended to be small ensembles. Uh, through composed, you know, so they would compose the whole thing. There was very little improvisation. But anyway, yep. So always Yid a strong klezmer influence. On well, that's the thing is when the when the Yiddish musicians would come in, they mm -hmm. would bring all the klezmer chops with them because they were playing for community groups and blah blah blah. So sure, yeah, they were playing on this stuff, and man, the mix of the two just hit a sweet spot that became. Mm -hmm. The country loved it. I mean, it, it's just one of the few aspects of Yiddish radio that went, glo not global, uh, probably global, but it went across the country. Well, you know, in the swing era, there was a big hit with by Mir Bish Dushon. The Andrews sisters took that The Andrews that sisters, yeah. yeah. And that's clearly an imitation of this stuff. Later to be reinterpreted by another fave for the forest, Jim Shepard. <laughs> Yes, the, the bear, bear missed, missed the train. The train. Uh, you yes. go, that's how I learned it originally. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, um, so they they a, a show started in 1937. Um, a um, the, the beer, Mr. Shane, got got really popular. Mm -hmm. um, New York executives and uh, radio station WHN uh, created the Yiddish Melodies and Swing program because they mm -hmm. smelt they smelt the rubber burning. Yeah. And they wanted to jump on that show. Yeah. Uh, and so they created a weekly program dedicated to this new musical thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, they got uh, Sam Medoff as their lead band leader. Mm -hmm. And they introduced um, Yiddish versions of pretty much everything under the sun. Um, right. And they had Well, regular... originally, wasn't it um, adaptations of traditional uh... Yiddish music into swing, it, and then it then it was adaptations of everything in that style. Originally, it was it was Yiddish tunes. Um, Yiddle yeah. and a fiddle was mm -hmm. a very popular one. Yeah. Um, uh, but as it got bigger and bigger and bigger, and some of the stars got more, um, the, the regular the Barry sisters, uh, right? Who you heard in the beginning, um, harmonies perfect you know mm -hmm. good energy they looked beautiful on stage do we do you have a clip of that commercial that we were talking about Is i that... have yes the barry sisters did an amazing commercial i love this it's a shorty but it's a goodie yeah yeah this is a this is a beautiful jingle i love this ladies and gentlemen if you're not hungry you will be soon <laughs> hang on to your hats there is nothing that quite hits the spot so your family will like it a lot so when they're set to eat just give them this treat Marashevitz American Matzo M-A-N-I-S-C-H-E-W-I-T-Z And that is how you sell matzah. Yeah. By the ton. This is how, and you can clearly hear the influence on like the Andrews sisters. 
Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it is that harmonies and stuff. By that harmony, that three-part harmony, yeah. Now, I'm this kid, see, and I grew up in New York, and I grew mm-hmm. up in New York in the 60s and 70s. My grandparents, Irish to the bone people, mm-hmm. they were never not without matzah. <laughs> they always had matzah. Yeah. You just had it because it's a matzah. It's the Jewish right. library. You, it was a good snack, uh, yeah. you know. You could see the influence just yeah. – I mean, Gavilta fish, there is Gavilta fish ads, and even the ads are a little too Gavilta fishy mm-hmm. for me. But, like, you know, some of the ads, very, very, very Yiddish based, very, very mm-hmm. traditionally Jewish cultural stuff, and some of them very Americanized. Yeah. And I guess it just depended on the ad company they went with because, right. my God, <laughs> some of yeah. them were great. Yeah, as I was and, saying before, it's, it's uh, sometimes it was white bread and sometimes it was rye bread. Yeah. So I have a clip of mm-hmm. the um, the actual show, oh, uh, okay. Yiddish Melodies and Swing. So we're just going to listen to that for just a minute or so. Okay. And now your romantic singer of sweet ballads, Jan Bart. Jan sings the beautiful melody entitled, Septa, Sweetheart. Many lonely hearts are breaking, hoping no man will come their way. With eager yearning, they are aching, waiting for the day when love will come to stay. I might have still been blue and friendless, and just as sad as they. If you hadn't said the word, I love you, dear. So you can hear they've kind of catering to the English crowd by translating to English. Mm-hmm. Um, the real Yiddish radio stations, it's just Yiddish. It's just pure. There's very little translation going on. But by the time it comes to WHN and it's on the mainstream Mm-hmm. It gets translated. They keep the flavor of it. People loved it, mm-hmm. but it does get Americanized. Yeah. Um, this this whole thing lasted uh, well into the 40s and even into the 50s somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, of thanks to it, it is the tip of the iceberg that usually people find when they're looking around for Yiddish stuff and radio archive stuff. Mm-hmm. So thank God for it, because had it not been there, I would not have found all this other stuff. Oh, the Yiddish. Uh, the the, the, the Melodies and Swing. That's the. Oh, Melodies and Swing is the yeah. one that's. Yeah. Okay. That show in particular. Are gets, there, is there much of that on archive.org? I haven't. Oh, yeah. There's, um, there's a handful of shows. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of songs that they've gotten off. Individual of clips. Individual songs. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you go to the Yiddish Radio Project archive.org section, mm-hmm. you will see not only just the Americanized stuff, but the pure Yiddish versions of things. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the differences. It's a lot, right. you know, the passion. The So we'll it, put a link into all that stuff, right? Oh, we'll have links to everything. Okay. Um, so um, the Yiddish Radio Project itself, like we talked about before, they were the they in the late – 90s early 2000s they were the spearhead group mm-hmm. they got all this stuff together 
Um, thankfully, they put everything on archive.org, so we'll get you the links for that. Mm -hmm. um, I'll get you the links to their website that's still around and still has the links to the NPR shows. Mm -hmm. The one thing you don't have anymore are the links to what they call their gems. So they would put up weekly shows. They were all in real audio. Oh, this is how long ago day, this right. was. And the real audio links are just dead. There's yeah. no real audio yeah. servers, thankfully, mm -hmm. left in the world. And there you go. So, yeah, so we'll have a bunch of links to other things. There's um, a singles and doubles collection from the other group that has um, the original Yiddish melodies and swing I found that started mm -hmm. this whole thing. And then there's StoryCorps did a, did a whole um, hour, not hour long, half hour long show just on Yiddish melodies and swing. A detailed okay. look at it with some clips and stuff. Well, cool. I can't wait to dig into that one. It is a dig, yes. Okay. <laughs> and Dan, do you have some news for us? I do. There was a, this is a, tangentially related to immigrants coming to the United States. So sort of, I think Superman relates to the Jewish experience, don't you, Tom? Superman sure. not only relates to the Jewish experience, we also did an episode where he was a predominant figure our superman versus our old-time radio versus the nazi show right yeah so we talked about this just a little while ago but there's kind of a, a recent development that was interesting um this was of course the show aired 74 years ago it was june and july of 1946 it was a story arc on the adventures of superman and it was a 16-part serial called the clan of the fiery cross in which uh, Superman fought the Klan and revealed some secrets about the Klan and various other things. It was very, uh, it was instrumental in making the Klan look foolish is probably the short way to explain it. And it was actually researched by a journalist who was doing a story on the Klan. Right, and he was so looking it wasn't for another way fiction, to get that. Was, yeah. yeah, he was looking for another way to get that information out. So it's, it's, uh, it's uh, a Romana Cleef, you might say. It's uh, you know based on real life. Um, just recently, uh, like last October, uh, DC Comics released a new series. It was called The Clan of the Fiery Cross. Uh, no, excuse me. It was called Superman Smashes the Clan, but it's based on The Clan of the Fiery Cross. Um, it's adapted by a Chinese... Um, comics writer whose yep. name is eluding me at the moment. Oh, uh, I, I have it on my phone. Greg Luan Yang, I think it is. Yep, that is yeah. correct. Okay, got it. Okay. Um, I just started reading it because I just found out about it two or three days ago. Um, and uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It was released uh, as a three-part comic book in October of last year, 2019. And just last month, they compiled it into a book. So... Yep. Uh, that is an example of some story from 74 years ago that unfortunately needs to be told again. And you can get it on um, you, anywhere you get your comic books from. Uh, but you can I found also it get on our library's website. So there you go. To, didn't have to mess around. If you, um, if you already have Comixology, which a lot of comic readers have, mm -hmm. um, it is there. It is just there as the collection. I think it's 12 bucks mm -hmm. for the thing. And it is... Uh, yeah, they do a couple of things differently. Um, the yeah, yeah, it's is... definitely an adaptation. Uh, yep. Some incidental characters are expanded. And frankly, in the original story, Superman is practically an incidental character. Yeah. He, yeah, he and... does a couple of heroic acts, and then he kind of drops out of the story. And it's really about 
this uh, idiotic Klansman uh, learning what the Klan is actually about, which is sales, you know. Yeah. Sales of robes. The, the, the pyramid stuff. scheme. Yeah, it was a big pyramid scheme. And um, so anyway, that was interesting that it got revived just recently. And it was because a Chinese guy saw it and said, yeah, I relate to that story. Or, so. or did mm-hmm. they hear our episode? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, let's take credit nev- for it. Why you not? You never know. You never oh, know. you wouldn't know. You, uh, yeah. I've had, yeah. I took credit for a couple changes that happened at <laughs> Disneyland. So why not? Why not? Go. Somebody must have read my zine, right? There you go. All right. Anyway, well, is that all we got, Tom? That is pretty much it for this week. We uh, we have a couple more shows we're working on. Um, mm-hmm. If you guys got any ideas for upcoming shows, just write us and let us know what your thoughts are, what your mm-hmm. hopes and dreams are for the podcast. And we used to do a big, long, elaborate thing about how to get in touch with us. Just go to ourshowofshows.com. Everything is That's there the now. That's the easiest. Social media links, everything is there. We have links. We have pages. We have. We also now have the uh, podcast feeds for all the daily shows that get generated. Mm-hmm. And we even have, if you don't want to listen to it on your podcast, you there's a little web-based radio player. Click on yeah. it and get a day's worth of old-time radio show streamed mm-hmm. right to your earlobes. From this day in history, right? That's it's, you, Yeah, it's, it's all my all my podcasts. Mm-hmm. congealed together and yeah so you'll be hearing stuff that happened all right well that's right. it thanks everybody for listening yeah thank you we'll be back soon we've got other topics we want to talk about so we'll be back soon have a good day guys bye-bye well our theme tells us it's time once again to say goodbye thanks for coming around today ladies and gentlemen And we invite you to join us again next Sunday when we have a special Purim program all set for you. This is Lewis Charles saying good afternoon and inviting you to... Listen in again next week. Same time, same station. WHN, New York.